pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. The 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my Three Subs Podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. They said it was do or die for Solskjaer at Man United. Did he do or did he die? We got the dids and do's and dides and the, <laughs> coming up. Also, a red card in uh, a cup final, but maybe a statue for the player that got the red card. We'll talk about that coming up, too. A bizarre incident between the Madrids. And then we've got more transfers than a New York bus route. Hey, now. Yeah, that's all coming up. Plus, we got a great interview with Johnny Walker. And if you're going to serve up Johnny Walker, who better to serve hey. it up than a guy that owns a bar, Seamus Loftus. <laughs> yeah. From- yeah, he's in from the brass door. We're going to talk to Seamus, too. We're going to get his take. And also, he's got some great charity work, too, uh, in the community. We're going to talk to him about that as well. All that coming up. We're going to look through the transfer window. We've got some injuries, significant injuries to talk about coming up as well. So much to get to. Brody and I, we've got our shin guards on. We're standing in the tunnel. We're ready to head to the Center Circle Studio. This is My Three Subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Well, look who's in the podcast studio today. It's the president of Financial Wealth Services and huge Memphis soccer fan, Hal Downing. Hal, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Listen, let's talk about Financial Wealth Services. What do you guys do? We are a source of capital, uh, almost a matchmaker, if you will, between uh, small, medium, large companies and uh, a source of capital for direct investments for high net worth individuals. I know for a fact that you've got a ton of experience in real estate and other aspects of the financial industry, decades of experience, and people can trust you with that. How, how can they pick up the phone and call you? Uh, numbers 901-498-2190. I know that you're a gigantic soccer fan, and probably the only thing you love more than soccer is helping people out. Yes. uh, 10% of all gross proceeds in my firm go to the Catholic Diocese here in Memphis, and we're also involved in other charities as well. All right. What's that phone number again, and and, and do you have an email address? 901-498-2190. Email haldowning7 at gmail.com. That's Hal Downing, president of Financial Wealth Services, 901-498-2190. Hal, thanks for coming in, and thanks for being a supporter of this podcast. Really do appreciate you. Thank you. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. Taking a look at the past weekend's Premier League action, Aston Villa would prefer to have a do-over from their last Sunday. After falling to 18th earlier in the day, and we'll talk about who pushed them down there, their escape route out of the bottom three was easy. Just get a result against Man City, and you're out of the bottom three. Don't suck. (laughs) Well, everybody has a right to suck, but they abused the privilege against Man City, and Man City looked like Manchester City of old Sergio Aguero. Back in the lineup, picked up yet another hat trick. And by the way, he overtook Thierry Henry as the all-time leading foreign goal scorer for Premier League. It was his 177th goal. Not in that match. He he could have probably scored 107. I'm gonna tell you that that 6-1 victory should have been like 16 to 1. I mean, Man City. Oh, it they, been any they cleaned the floor uh, with them. Yeah, it, it was it was awful for Aston Villa. They start in the bottom three after the, after uh, having some other results go against them. Then on top of that, they lose, and plus they drop another five in gold differential too, which is going to come down to the very end for them. That's going to be a problem. They lose that one six to one. But Boy, that right, relegation spot. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, congratulations to Sergio Aguero, maybe the most underappreciated striker in Premier League history, or one of. 177 goals, and it took him, I think, three fewer matches than Thierry Henry. We know how prolific, you guys know as Arsenal fans, 
how great Henri was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I don't know, you know, you, Tim, you say about Aguero being underappreciated. I don't know if he's underappreciated because when he went to Manchester City, the thought was he was cashing in and he was going to roll out again. Right. And City haven't let him go. He's heavily, heavily, I mean, he's top, top wages. And one of the best teams in the world haven't let him go. So the organization certainly appreciates him. And, they, I mean, they also feed, like any striker, like Thierry Henry, they feed the monster. Sure. And they've fed him to the point of 178. 178 now? 177, but he'll have 178 right. probably by the right. time they've, next week's so podcast. So they've fed him to the point yeah. of 177 ahead of the probably the greatest striker that ever played in England. From a, a certainly a greatest foreigner ever to play there. Right, right. with Henri. So yeah. I, I, do, I don't know that he's... Maybe other people don't appreciate him, but Pep appreciates him because Pep won't let him go. That's true. And and you're, you're right. He was supposed to be like, hey, we're going to get him in. We're, we're you know, going to boost us for a little bit. Then, then we'll use him as fodder, as cannon right. fodder, if you will. And now, boy, they... And I've been to Manchester. He's not staying there because the city's fabulous. <laughs> it, it's interesting that he's had such a great career there because if you remember, the striker before him was Mario Balotelli. Yeah. And for, for him to come in and settle that club down and to help take them to new heights. And as you mentioned, Seamus, you bring up a great point because uh, Gabriel Jesus is just banging on the door wanting some playing right. time, but but Aguero continues to... Hey, to, well, listen, when you're getting hat tricks right. every le- left and right, come on. Yeah. You're going to let him sit? And plus, yeah. everybody's going to look good after Balotelli. <laughs> That's true. I know, did like the pasta, boy. though. At, I at, like Balotelli pasta. You know, Balotelli set fire. He had a rental home in Manchester, and he burned down the back of it with a firecracker, which he let off in the house. <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah, like Balotelli's not all there. <laughs> he's an interesting bird, but so is Sergio Aguero, but he's an interesting in that he's the best among the foreign goal scorers. Yeah, fantastic player. Yeah, and Man City continues to uh, improve after having a little bit of a stumble there early in the season. Tottenham, well, they were predictably defensive without Harry Kane. They were Speaking of not all there. Yeah, they were yeah. conceding about 67% of the possession. Now, I'm not... I'm not a disciple that possession necessarily dictates no. the score, but it does indicate the playing style that Jose had yep. against Liverpool. They could not muster a counterattack after Firmino's first half goal. Liverpool shut down Spurs 1-0, and we've got something on uh, Kane. we got an update on Kane's injury coming up in just a bit. It looks like he's going to have to go mm. under the knife yeah, yeah. Coming, coming up in not just a goal. bit. Well, would it be a uh, top three sweep? No. What about those Saints? The Saints came Nine. marching in against Leicester. Revenge. And- yeah, <laughs> after that, after that big, it felt thumping. like a revenge match, a little grudge match. That was the uh, that was the nine nil thumping early yep. in the yeah, season, right? Absolutely smashed to pieces. Well, ha- Hassan Hoodle, the manager for Southampton, said, "Nah, not today, boys." Danny Ings left it late to score his 14th of the season as the Saints go marching past Leicester two to one. See what you did there. Thank you very much. That's beautiful. What about Danny Ings? You guys think he should be in the England lineup for Euro 2020? I mean, with it looks I think like he's Kane, earned his spot. Kane's going to be a big question mark, and we'll talk about you know the length of his injury I, coming up. But I saw a piece last night that the British so-called the Sunday Supplement. Yeah, and Harry Kane's injury is really a serious injury. By the time he comes back from that surgery, it's only a couple of weeks to the Euro. Yeah, and the English team have they have to find a solution. Well, and you got to think about when he gets back. He's still going to be on shaky ground yeah, for well, yeah, a couple I mean, he's of weeks. Not match fit. Yeah, no. He and and I think by the time you get there, Ings is going to be your only replacement at that point. I, I think he is your only answer at this point. There may be one other we're going to talk about in just a moment. I think he's your best option. I think he's maybe the more seasoned. Option. The more the more seasoned, the more you know ready option. 
Well, over at Stanford Bridge, it seems like the blues are lifting. As They hit a bad patch there right around Christmas time, but things have turned around for them. Tammy Abraham, who could yeah. be maybe somebody that fills in that gap, hit his 13th of the season as Chelsea Cruz passed Burnley 3-0. Burnley seems to be all sixes and sevens right now. I mean, they, They're safe for the time being, but they've hit a bit of a struggle patch too. But I, I think Tammy Abraham may be a – but again, the question may be, does he have enough experience in, in some of the big matches to perform, or do you just go for it and – and take a youth movement if you're Gareth Southgate. I, I think what you do is you don't get swayed by Chelsea's movement here. Chelsea has a lot more weapons than just Tam- Tammy Abraham. Okay, Chelsea's could you could put anybody in there, and after watching Chelsea play, I could have made a few of those shots, like Tammy Abraham shots. It was pretty set up very nicely for. I've seen you head the ball. You you strike it cleanly. I, I've got nothing going on up there, so I can knock it in. Now, I don't know if you could clear two sheets of paper, but <laughs> he still strikes it cleanly. Right. Seamus Loftus joining us, too. He is from the Brass Door Pub downtown in Memphis and within a stone's throw of AutoZone Park. As we roll on with more Premier League, it was supposed to be do or die for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's what they said. Who they are, I don't know. But they said <laughs> if, he, if they don't beat the Canaries over the weekend that the Man United manager was going to be out. Well... It was due for him. It, there was no yeah. die. Marcus Rashford, another great option for, for They England. did for him. His legend continues to grow. How big of a star would he be if he were on one of the top three or four clubs right now? Would he? Would his star be magnified? He picked up a brace at the weekend. Juan Mata, the old man, picks up two assists. Mm-hmm. Man United looks good against the Canaries, as most teams should, <laughs> right. winning 4-0. I've seen the pieces that I, I follow about Manchester United or watch about Man United is that Rashford's score ratios and his performances if he was playing in the teams that had Beckham and Giggs and Scholes and Nicky Bott and everybody else in it he's comparable in that range with his performances sure. the difficulty is in the Man United squad that are greatly greatly diminished from those teams so his numbers are good and he looks good you have to take into account that he's not getting the service that he would in a, in a better squad I think he's a fine player that lad I think so too, but Man U is their whole directive right now is going younger. Like right. they have to look to the future, and the problem with Man U is their consistency, and that comes from a young squad, uh, just inconsistent. And and I think that's their problem. And coming up in the transfer window, we have a possible midfielder that could maybe help with at least getting that pipeline to Marcus Rashford. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. Roy Hodgson always seems to be up for a fight. His Crystal Palace guys <laughs> seem to be ready to go against whomever. Now, they don't win every match, but they do seem to be up for a battle, and they came ready for Arsenal. Obama Yang, also yeah, known as... I'm a bad man. As a, also known as I'm a bad man, uh, scored his 14th, but also picked up a red card in the draw. <laughs> what happened, guys? It's I'm a bad man. <laughs> it, it's, it, was, it was bad timing. Yeah. It, I don't think that... I don't think it deserved a card. That, that he's... I, I don't think it, it deserved a red. I if, really don't. If that tackle came in on your ankle, you'd want him <laughs> out of there. No doubt. I got to tell no you, doubt. that was like when you see that in slow motion, it's, he catches him right on top of the ankle. It's, it's, but see, that's the problem. It, you, when you watch it in slow-mo, you're like, yes, absolutely red. But right. in real time, I don't know. It seemed very bang-bang. A card, no doubt. Right. Don't get me wrong, card, no doubt. But a red... I don't think it was the intent of of maiming. Uh, listen, guy. I'm an Arsenal fan. You know that it's it's not yeah. easy. But the, the tackle looked it, it it was bad. Yeah, his manager thought it was bad. Yeah, no, that's better. true. That's true. When your manager goes, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so fantasy folks, you may want to rest him for the next match because it looks like he's going to be out. I doubt that one I doubt will be that, overturned. Yeah, I doubt that that holds up in the in review. So how did Aston Villa fall to 18th? We mentioned them a few moments ago. Nigel Pearson has Troy Deeney back at full tilt, and that has apparently injected a little bit of fire in the belly of the Hornets. Deeney and DeCore both scored to edge the Hornets to 17th with a 3-0 win over 19th place Bournemouth. Eddie right. Howe was the darling of domestic managers, but they're on the struggle bus right Poor now. Poor Eddie looks... Yesterday I was working, and <laughs> poor Eddie looks very sad now. <laughs> it's just terrible. He was looking down at his shoes. You know, he, he was like a schoolboy that missed a bus. And you're just like, grinning ear to ear. Poor Eddie. He could be soccer's yeah. version of Michael Jordan with the Michael Jordan tears. Yeah. Here, yeah. I mean, it, it really, like, he, the lad truly looked dejected. He's like, oh, God. Oh, poor well, Eddie. Yeah, I got no answers. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor guy. They sit 19th. Here's how the standings are for the uh, English Premier League right now. Liverpool sit at 61 points. They have a match in hand over... Uh, the rest of the competition, and that match in hand, by the way, later this month against West Ham. So let's just go ahead and give them 60 yeah, points. Yeah, that's we, fair. We, yeah. we might as well do that. Manchester City sits at 47. Leicester falls to third at 45. Chelsea at 39 points. Manchester United hanging on to a Europa spot for now. Dear at, life hanging on. Yeah, at 34 points. Bottom three, Aston Villa with 21, Bournemouth with 20, and Norwich with 14. <laughs> and Watford, who looked the most likely to climb out of the bottom three, has done so. Will Pearson continue to lead them a little bit forward and, and out of that danger zone? They seem to be the most likely of the bunch, yeah. but it may also depend on who spends a little bit later on this month as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, there's your Premier League. Let's move on to La Liga. They're back They're in back. action this weekend. Uh, coming up, Barcelona right now is uh, even on points with Real Madrid, but they've got a two-goal differential, so you'd think they got to love the manager there, right? Um, maybe, Ooh. maybe not. We'll, 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 <laughs> right, uh, we'll right. Talk, we'll talk about that, but they're even on 40 points. Atletico and Sevilla at 35. Real Sociedad and Valencia at 31. we got to talk about the Spanish Super the Cup Super over the Cup! weekend. The, the Cup's so big, so awesome that it's called the Super the Cup. Super Cup! The Madrids were deadlocked after extra time at nil. And then uh, Real Madrid's Thibaut Courtois continues his uh, to restake his claim as the team's number one keeper as Real Madrid won on kicks from the mark 4-1. to one. Don't call it penalties because every referee that, wa- that, that listens to this podcast will be emailing us. It's not penalties. <laughs> not it's penal- kicks from the mark. There was no foul. You get to take the penalties. Uh, you get to take the kicks from the mark. Yeah. All right. In this match, Federico Valverde with a Sunday Beer League tackle on uh, Alvaro Morata. <laughs> As a uh, denial of goal scoring opportunity, he gets the red card. Kyrian Trippier uh, just drives the free kick, which could have been a goal scoring opportunity into the wall. That's the end of extra time, and that saves Real Madrid and lets them move on to the uh, kicks from the mark. In fact, um, uh, Valverde was voted man of the match for his red card tackle, <laughs> saying that he saved the match. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it big. Go big or go home and make it worthwhile. Well, even Diego Simeone, the manager for Atletico Madrid, said, you know what, if I, if that was me or any other player, I would have done that as well because it was maybe the most <laughs> it was the most obvious, heinous tactical foul right. in the history of, of Spanish football. And I mean, you also have to take into account that if Diego Simeone award, or awards you praise for a savage tackle, that's really praise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's, that's yeah. one of the dirtiest guys who ever put on a pair of boots. <laughs> David Beckham will swear to that. Oh, a lovely man. Misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, Zidane, who was earlier under fire at Real Madrid, is only 9 for 9 in, in cup finals 
at, at Real Madrid. Jeez. He doesn't suck at his job. Golly. Although he is nine two, for nine? Although he is one uh, he is he is in second right now in the league on goal differential. Uh but uh we, you know they may there may be a seismic shift in the league in the in the next few days. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few moments. Okay, Serie A, we got to get back to that. Uh, Juventus scored twice in the first ten minutes of their match, and yes, Ronaldo scored and then looked at himself in the mirror. Of he netted one of those two to blank Roma, which was actually I thought was going to be actually a pretty good match. Roma cracking cracking the top four, top five in the league, and they've been they've been steadily improving. But uh, on the weekend, Juventus was just way too much. I mean, Juventus with Ronaldo. Clicking on all cylinders, there's no bat, bat in that. Come on. Yeah, in fact, Juventus has overtaken Inter now for uh, yep. first place after Inter drew with Atalanta uh, at one apiece. So Juventus is sitting on 48, Inter at 46. Lazio continues to look good and, and, and looking like good Europa contenders at 42. Roma and Atalanta uh, sitting at 35. Uh, let's drop down to the to the French League real quickly. Marseille closed the gap on PSG, but only just a little as the league leaders drew three apiece with Monaco. Marseille ground out a 1-0 win against Rennes. Uh, PSG have one game in hand. They're five points up on Marseille. Everybody else, irrelevant. <laughs> That's a, it's a one-team one league. For the most part. All right, hey, you know, it was a busy week in U.S. men's national team yeah. news. Uh, first of all, they had to move their camp from Doha, Qatar, uh, to Florida. I think they're in Bradenton, Florida, because of the the unrest in the Middle right, East, because right. of the tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Which, so, by the way, right now in Florida, it's still 85 degrees, so you're fine. Oh, absolutely. So they get a chance, you know, to practice in the morning, go ride the new Star Wars rides at Disney World in the <laughs> afternoon, you know, and so so a good time to be had by all. But some other news as well: former MLS Premier League and U.S. legend Brian McBride has now accepted and already started the job as the general manager of the U.S. men's national team. In fact, he was down there already in Florida for their first training That's sessions. a good move. I, I mean, that's a decent... I say good. Good for U.S. men's national team move. He's a, he's a legacy guy. I yeah, mean, he's, right. he's, he's played at the top level here. He's, he's taken that risk. He was successful over at Fulham. I don't know where else he played in England, but, but I remember... Everton? Well, yeah, but I do remember him at Fulham as well, having a productive I could career. See him in that kit, <laughs> and then uh, and then coming back, of course, with the Chicago Fire, uh, playing well here. But then, of he course, a fine player. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome and player. one of the best guys when it came to heading the ball in the crowd had massive yeah. ups. Strong player, and he will join uh, Ernie Stewart, who is the sporting director, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, Greg Burhalter, who is uh, the head coach, the manager of the U.S. national team. And one other positive note for the men's national team. And it couldn't have happened uh, at a better time. Josh, Josh Sargent, the uh, wonder kid for Werder Bremen, back in training with uh, with them. As they're in kind of their winter break, they had a training match against Hanover 96. Josh Sargent dropped into the lineup, scored a pair of goals in that training match. And he's seems a job to be done over there. Fine. Yeah, yeah. And good. they like him a lot. He's got a good first touch settling the ball and, and a good uh, nose for goal. So it's good to see him sure. back. All right, let's roll to, I guess, what would be the main event, and that's the transfer Man, window. Get ready, strap in for this. Yeah, our buddy Seamus uh, Loftus with us from the Brass Door today on on the uh, podcast, and well, former Barcelona star, a former Barcelona star, is reported to have said no to replacing Valverde as manager of Barcelona. And by the way, as we're recording this, we are we're getting some news coming in via social media and others. That local radio in Barcelona is reporting that Valverde is out and simply negotiating the terms of his exit, which basically means how how much of a direct deposit is he going to get? You know, how many zeros? <laughs> yeah. Right. How 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 big of a plane flight out of here <laughs> for his punishment of being top of the league? Yeah. yeah the the Barcelona buyout's got to be strong. 
Oh, it's going to be huge, Major right? It's going to be ridiculous. Right. Yeah. He's like, going to be a yacht, on a yacht either in Spain or off the coast of Miami. And you think, you know, nowadays, with, you know, again, it happened at Arsenal a couple of months ago. If you're in that position and it's not going well or they don't like you and they've got to give you four and a half or five or six million euro or whatever it is, don't you just go great? Like, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the only people that lose in that are the club because you've oh, got to yeah. hand over money for a bad hire. Yeah. The guy just walks away and buys a Ferrari and says, yeah. All right, peace, yeah. peace out. More, more, that's Well, and plus, Bar- as, as if Barcelona and some of the other clubs actually adhere to financial fair play anyway. I mean, they, right. I mean that's, couch, that's couch cushion money for yeah. them. Uh, but it looks like Valverde, as we're recording this, is going to be on the way out. Uh, Xavi said no to that, but now it looks like former Spurs and Espanol manager uh, Mauricio Pochettino. I'm glad you hit me in the chest there. And, and, and <laughs> Attack radio. <laughs> and Devin Steele came in. And, uh, he plays it was almost a card there. <laughs> he, he's the operations manager in the building. He gave, me a, he gave me a shot to the chest. I'm glad he didn't give me a cup check there. We be soprano for the rest of the show. Yeah. But uh, Pochettino could be a, a candidate there because he did manage in the league at Espanol. I, I don't think Pochettino is the move, but I think it's the right move for right now uh, until they find somebody else to replace. But is he going to take a five-month or six-month deal? No. He's not. I mean, no. if Pochettino goes into that, it's a standard four-year or three-year yep. agreement. And, I mean, I know it's couch, it's couch money to get rid of him. For Barcelona, but at the same time, you're you going to have to pony up to get somebody in. You've got to have somebody out there who's in charge of hires, and they don't want to have that issue of going. You made another bad hire. Yeah, I mean, Pochettino could be good in that. Role. I don't think Pochettino is a bad manager. Even oh, though I don't he's think a Spurs so. manager. No, I, I, I think Pochettino. Like I said, I think he's the good manager right now. But you're going to have to stick with him for a while, and Pochettino's not going to want. Uh, he's not going to want to have that contract of, hey, here's a couple months, do something. Right, he's not going to take a David Moyes-style deal. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on at Barcelona. Manchester United could be poning up around £60 million for Sporting Club Portugal star Bruno Fernandes. The The clubs are actually meeting as we record this right now. Apparently, uh, Fernandes is all good with that. The question for Sporting is, is uh, how much of a uh, fee in addition to uh, this and also, maybe instead of that, maybe throw in a player like a Marcus Rojo. Although I don't think they're too keen on his 160 grand a week. Yeah, that that's lofty. But, but the, you know, that may just be details at this point. Mm. And if Manchester want their guy, they're going to spend the money. They're going to get their guy. But right now, it's money or an added player to throw into the deal to sweeten the and pot. United has again the couch cushion money to to spend on that, right. but. Do they do they want to? <laughs> you know, do do you spend that money because that's a lot of lot of kit in the caboodle. Well, they they need help in the midfield, and 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 uh, Seamus was alluding to this a little bit earlier that Rashford Wait. needs some help in in the pipeline and getting the ball up there. Bruno, uh, I think he's twenty four, twenty five. He's still got a lot of tread on the tires, and it would be worthwhile for them to maybe take a it fit a, their a youth movement. Like at Man United, they've got to turn around. Paul Pogba is a bust. Yeah, Pogba doesn't want to play for United. And it was very telling a couple of weeks ago, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came out after and said, his people say he needs an, an operation. Yeah. Not our people. Man United, if, if you go back in the history of Man United, the Man United doctors are the one who cancelled the Van Nistelrooy transfer because they said he's going to tear his cruciate ligament. And, and Van Nistelrooy sat out for a year, mm-hmm. and then they brought him back. He was the right target at the wrong time. Manchester United know what they're doing. Right. Pogba doesn't want to play for United. 
So they, they're, they're faced now with a situation of it's a bad buy. We've got to get rid of him. And if we want to be better, if we want to be top four and we want to challenge again, when are we going to spend the money? And are we going to give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the money to do it? So the real, there's heavier questions. There's weightier questions than just buy somebody now. It's, is Ole our man? And are we going to give him his money? Right. Well, I mean, and that's a good point. Do you, now you give him this money, you get rid of, you pay off Pogba and everybody like that. You got to put somebody in there. You have to. And and with their youth movement, where they're going, this might be the way to go. Well, I've seen Pogba sleepwalk through so many matches working side to side rather than going box to box, which he's capable of and, doing. Okay, no, but listen, where does he's Pogba got a go? World Cup medal. Yeah. Paul Pogba's got a World Cup medal. Sure. He knows how to play football. Absolutely. He doesn't want to play football in Manchester. But where does he want to play? Where where would he, be a good I fit? I think he'd like to play at Madrid, Barca, and there's a European mindset of if you play in Spain or you play in League One, although League One don't have the money, right. if you play in Spain, it's a couple of games a year, eight, nine, ten games a year, where you're really under pressure and you're really working. The rest the of lower, it's the lower, division, the lower teams in Spain, you go through them for a shortcut with your second team. Right. It's not like that in Watford on a Tuesday night. <laughs> right. Troy Deeney is kicking you up into the air. Right. And I think what's happened to him is he's gone to England and went, this is not for me. This is not. Oh, you mean he has to work. He, doesn't, so, want to, he doesn't want to work. Yeah, he doesn't want to work for that. I mean, Arsenal have the same deal with Ozil. That's true. You know, yeah. he shows up a couple of times a year, but it's not an... It's not as consistent as it needs to be. So then the question with Pogba is, do they wait until the summer to get rid of him then to air fingers, quote, ensure that he is healthy and they can get maximum dollar? No, I think Seamus is right. A few months of just, just, you know, sitting around until the uh, June, July transfer window. Man, you've got to do something now because look at them. They're on the outside looking in. They're uh, fifth right now uh, third with 34 points. Come on. you got to make a move. And you've got to take Chelsea down somehow. And the only way you're going to do that is by scoring some goals. And there's time left. Yeah, sure. Now, now. January to May, big push, new guy, pressure, top three, target, top four. You, you got to um, make the push now, though. And so and you, make moves. Yeah, and you also have the issue of a superstar. Paul Pogba is a superstar. Sure. And he's in your training ground. He's on your text messages to your players. You say, I don't like Ali. I don't like it. Miserable. Get rid of you him. Get rid of him. Yeah. Get rid of get, cut cut it out. Unless Spurs get an option, they're not going to be a threat to that four position. I don't think Sheffield United, as good as they have been and as solid as they've been, I don't think they're ready for prime time to push United for that fourth slot. Uh, when all is said and done, I it's it all they really I think they have to do is catch Chelsea. If they can catch Chelsea, if Chelsea yeah. blinks, they can get that fourth slot. Exactly. And Chelsea can blink. They can oh start. yeah, you've seen it already. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about another Manchester United player maybe going out. In fact, a couple of guys. Nemanja Matic is rumored to be accepting a multi-year deal to replace Bastian Schweinsteiger at Chicago Fire. That would be a good one. I think he's on the outs uh, mm-hmm. with Solskjaer. I don't think he's been getting as many matches as as uh, as he did when he came in. And also, Ashley Young uh, is wanted by Inter Milan, and I and I think he's already mm-hmm. met with them. And there's a possibility that they could see their sometime captain get out of there as well. So. You're starting to see maybe some of the some of the fat getting trimmed, perhaps from United. It's still a drop in the bucket compared to Pogba's money. <laughs> well, sure, but nonetheless. And by the way, Olivier Giroud also uh, perhaps on the uh, the docket 
for Inter Milan as well because he's he's obviously unhappy at Chelsea. He's not getting minutes. He's not getting the time. Yeah, and he still has a little bit of time, a little mileage left on him. And he's a little slow for the way that Chelsea want to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chelsea's real fast, real up front, and... Yeah, it just doesn't really have the legs for that. Yeah. The back to the goal thing does not work with the youth movement. <laughs> no. Although, no. I mean, you've seen some great ones. You've seen Berbatov, you've seen Van Nistelrooy, who can play with their back to the who goal. Who can run? Ba. Who can run? Yeah, who can yeah. run. But yeah, Giroud, not so much. I'll tell you who I'm very interested to see who moves next. And I think Aston Villa. I mean, mm. as much trouble as they're in, I think Jack Grealish is their shining star. Right. And he is a commodity. Then the question is, who wants him in Manchester? Is it Manchester United? Or perhaps even Manchester City. I know Phil Foden is very good, but could you find somebody like a Jack Grealish, who's a dynamic player, I, on the blue or red side up in Manchester? Ooh, I well, I City boy, they just looked great. Um, and and don't let that be your rose-colored glasses moving in, you know, forward in the league. You know, after after that, you know, walloping that they that they did on Sunday. So you got to make a move if you're Man City again. But if you're Man U. You're, you're going to have to make a lot of moves. The thing about Grealish, and he he does look... I mean, he's there, he's the light there. Yeah. Um, He's a London boy, and I I think he likes London, and I think he'd like a London club. He, he's, a, he's a Londoner. He's a West mm-hmm. End of London. So he stays close to home. You know, um, mom and dad are happy then, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't don't think Jack's seen his mom and dad for quite some time. <laughs> I think Jack likes to go out on the town. Um... <laughs> And yesterday, to go back to this Aston Villa thing, Danny Drinkwater yesterday was a catastrophe. He got caught in... I mean, I know they brought him in. He gets... Surely, somebody at Aston Villa says to Danny Drinkwater, listen, you might have heard of this team called Manchester City. They press really high. You don't get a lot of time. Right. If you get the ball in our 35 yards to our goal and you don't know what you're doing, lump it. Get rid of it. Clear your line. He got caught in the box, and then he got caught in, in the box a second time. So he yeah. was responsible for two goals in ten minutes yesterday. Yeah. Which he should I mean, know he was, better because he was part of that Leicester City right. club that won the yeah. Premier, yeah. Premier League a few years ago. He should, really? he, he I mean, Danny Drinkwater can play football, but he was shocking yesterday. I mean, he was you go through 20 minutes and you just go... I mean, you could have got anybody out of the stand and be just as good as Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Aston Villa's in trouble, so the question becomes, is he a hot enough commodity to get a higher price now or in the summertime? We still have a couple of weeks left in the I, transfer Grealish? window. Yeah, I think Grealish, if if he holds his time, and and maybe looks a little better, I think he gets a prettier penny. Just maybe me, so. maybe so. Because after this last weekend, he's not getting much. And it's, I mean, it's also hard to, it's hard to really evaluate him in mm-hmm. a team that that's that's as poor as that. Yeah, because well, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. the best guy in that team, but how good is he in the middle of Manchester? City, or how good is he in the middle of Man United? You know yeah. what I mean. Is, yeah. he, is he a good player, or is he just less worse than everybody else? Right. Basically, <laughs> he does have a lovely yeah. haircut. Yeah, he does, and yeah. he's a bit of a throwback. I like the way he wears his socks down low. Yeah, he's a bit of a throwback to like a seventies <laughs> swagger, and he's wiry. He yeah. is. Yeah, he doesn't mind the fight. No, he doesn't mind the fight at all. And then uh, AC Milan and Arsenal are still expressing interest in Bayern Munich's Jerome Boateng. He's thirty-one. Is he a bit long in the tooth to be a full-time solution at left back or right back? I think Arsenal's got to have something in defense. I, I think realistically, at Arsenal, you've just got to burn it. Burn you've it gotta, all down. You've got to work out that this year, don't get relegated. If if you're yeah, if you're really in the in the in the mill at Arsenal and you sit down on a Monday morning, you go, what what are we going to do? 
don't get relegated and don't qualify for Europa. Right. Well, I think, I, again, going back to we're fine. I don't think they're in, in danger of getting relegated. No. I don't. So at this point, this is a wash. It's done. The season's over. But you got to burn it down and, and make moves to understand, like, listen, we are going to start from ground up here and, and, and go into that route. And you've got to work out what's going on with Hector Bellerin. Mm-hmm. Hasn't... He's been injured essentially now for what a year, almost yeah, almost a year. Better path. Tierney comes in from Glasgow. He's been injured since he got here. He came in injured and stayed injured, and then got hurt again. And don't mention the brand new guy because I got something special for you about him in just a minute. The new, the young guy from for Arsenal. Don't say his name yet. Don't don't no, don't do it. Nothing. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, quickly. I uh, keep jumping in here. I yeah. should probably. No, 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 no you're no, great. That's why you're here. No, I got something special lined up for you. Okay. No, no. And we yeah we got we got shots no. around. No, it's great. To, it's great to have you here, Chicharito. By the way, uh, rumored to be meeting with the LA Galaxy to make a possible move from Sevilla to LA Galaxy. Talk Talk about a dadgum license to sell jerseys. A Chicharito? I'd buy a Chicharito jersey. Yeah, yeah. I think those would fly off the shelf faster than the Beckham ones, than the Zlatan ones. Uh, That's a perfect market for them. So there's a look at the transfer window. Quick update on injuries. Uh, We talked about Suarez uh, and his his knee issue. Well, the the truth is it looks like uh, he's he's already had knee surgery. He's going to be out four months for Barcelona. So as if the news over the weekend wasn't bad enough, and of course with Valverde rumored to be on the way out as manager, um, will they go into the transfer market? They may have to go pick somebody up for patchwork for uh, Suarez, although Suarez and Messi didn't get along. They did click. Enough on the pitch, along with Vidal uh, and, uh, and, Gr- and, Gr- and Griezmann's there too, right? Always get yeah. always get mixed yeah. up where he's at this year, but Griezmann's <laughs> there too. And then slightly better news for Spurs: Harry Kane. He's expected to have surgery on a ruptured tendon in his left hamstring. He's expected to be down for three months. Although with the tendon, you would think uh, a little bit longer for that for, recoup, for the rehab, yeah. and, and right. it may be foolish to to give a go at Euro because that's a lot of running for Harry. Because Harry's not a guy that just stays up top; he does track back right. a little bit. So there's your injuries. All right, we got one to watch for you. Arsenal will have themselves a promising player in Gabriel Martinelli. The 18-year-old Brazilian has three goals and three assists in five Europa League matches. Also has eight goals in 18 across all competitions. He just got back from a, a hamstring, hamstring injury, but the question is. When is Arteta going to start putting him in there more and just letting him get some experience? You guys, as, as Arsenal fans, you know this team better than I do. What say you about Martinelli? I think you got to put him in right now. You got to get him playing. I, yeah, I, I think Arteta has a couple of maybe difference. May, maybe in Arteta's mind, he sits down and looks at the problem list, and Martinelli is maybe getting Martinelli time is four or five or six on his problem list. Finding who his first team are is is top priority. Yeah, I, and playing Pepe. I mean, we spent seventy eight million dollars <laughs> on yeah. Pepe, right? And Unai Emery didn't play him at all, right? Or very little, which I think was part of his demise, right? We've begun to play him, and he's beginning to. I mean, he's hit the post a couple of times. He's beginning to look like the real article. Hasn't found the mark, but. It's close. Yeah, I feel like he's on the way to it. Yeah, and Lacazette looks more confident Lacazette, under under Arteta. Yeah. So if you've if you've got that decision to make, where you go, Aubameyang is good to go, Lacazette's good to go, Pepe is good to go, Martinelli's four in your possible three, four. four, right, right. So then it's how are you laying the team out tactically, and does he fit into what's needed tactically? Now also. 
you know, how good is he at tracking back? How strong is he? And that's that's the problem with this league. We we right. we're seeing this league be, turn into more of a runner league, more of a more of a fast pace up, you know, a, attacking league. So you're going to have to have that back to combat that. And and Arsenal doesn't have that right now. Right. And the, the, Martinelli, there's no doubt the lad can play. He's, oh, sure. he's a fine football player and he does exciting things. But he's also produced those moments in lesser games. Sure. So you look, I think from Arteta's perspective, he's maybe goes, we've got him, we've got his contract, he's going to be here for a long time, we can nurse him, and we can explain to him, hey, this year is one thing, next year is another thing. That's right. a terrific point because he's had three goals in Europa, and I believe the other two, he picked up a double in the Carabao right, Cup. Yeah. So those are the two ugly baby competitions right. where <laughs> if you win it, it's like, okay, congratulations, but... You did great. You yeah. did great. And <laughs> yeah. by the way, that's one to watch, which we also call the brass door knocker Trademark. of the show. They're knocking on the door of greatness. Trademark. Do you like Trademark. that? Uh, yes. I'd it's the brass door knocker. We, should make, we yeah. should make that a regular feature. And by the way, before we uh, head to break, we got show and tell time. We do. We okay on time? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. We got show and tell time. Uh, one of my... English brethren, who's in the goalkeeping union, I want to say shout out to Rich Duffy over a big Bristol City fan, uh, sent me some goalkeeping gloves. They, they, they came international they smell new. for Christmas. These are very beautiful. And look they, they smell they, new. They're Glue Pro, and I have not used Glue Pro before, but I did my research. Matt Pickens, who won the Golden Gloves for uh, USL Championship last year, former MLS keeper, yeah, national team right. keeper, who's now the goalkeeping coach for Nashville SC, uses these gloves. But feel these gloves. I feel like these could repel cannon fire. Good lord! Wow. I mean, those are those are pretty cool, the huh? Front of those are. That's a really. I mean, I've never. <laughs> that's played a very in gold stiff, because yeah. I'm five foot two, but <laughs> yeah. they. Uh, that's a really Try odd on feel on the front See, of the uh, glove. Seamus and I have the same problem. We're vertically challenged. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, keeper was never my uh, forte. No, nobody <laughs> wants to see me there. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're not going to drop a shot with that glove, are you, Seamus? No, but that's a really. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna take Kevlar into the back of these gloves, and then look. There's a zipper. What on? is the front of that? To, on, on like on the finger I, piece I think of it. A, there? I think that's a plastic exoskeleton to help you punch and to protect from bending wow. backwards too far. Yeah, I mean these are. Prof- I mean, I think Tyson got thrown out for a fight with Somebody who really it. knows about goalkeeping design. These yeah, right. My, these my, are my, really My boy good. Rich hooked me up. I think those are yeah. at least a hundred, hundred twenty dollar gloves. Gotta but, be. But then on the back of your hand, look. There's a zipper there. I asked him if that was where you could put a roll of coins to punch better. Right. But he said no. That's where he keeps his snacks during the match. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get a little something. hungry in the second yeah. half. A little hangry. Put yeah. put a little popcorn back there. Yeah, You're good to go. Good. But yeah, GL. Well, they really are. Yeah. Yeah. These are something else. Product, aren't they? Yeah. GL UPRO Glue Pro and sent those uh, gloves via Rich Duffy. We appreciate that. I like the long strap too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that way you know it supports the wrist. Yeah. If you get somebody that shoots really hard, you get a ringer out there against you. Uh, and believe me, I've given up enough goals to know who the ringers are. Bamiyang, Bamiyang shots would even uh, get repelled off of that backhand. I somehow feel taller in this glove. <laughs> I, just, I feel better right I, now. I, Blue I w- Pro adds 12 inches. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot high on you. That's for sure with the, with those gloves for sure. Wow. But uh, yeah, and you know it's it's, it's coincidental because we've got uh, a goalkeeper coming up in our interview, and of course, who better to have? On when we have a guest named Johnny Walker than somebody that owns a bar. Yeah. Seamus, would you mind joining us after the interview? We want to ask about some of your community work. I know you're down at the Brass Store, but you're no, much no, no. more than the to, pub. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we want to talk about what you give into the right. Memphis area and maybe how other people can replicate that across the country. We'd love to hear okay. from you. Yeah. Okay. All right, Great. appreciate that. All right, you're up to date, folks. Coming up, he's a former MLS and U.S. men's national team goalkeeper who's now a very successful college coach. Our friend, Johnny Walker, up next on My Three Subs. And that takes us to the half. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey.
If you own a company or if you're a decision maker within a company, I think you're going to want to know about Ease of Approval. Easeofapproval.com is the website. Ease of Approval is a communication tool that is web-based. It's designed to replace email where there's an approval process. It's very flexible. You can use it internally or you can use it business to business. Look, email is great, but it was not designed to handle sensitive workflow. With email, you're just one delete click away from losing vital information. Ease of Approval's dashboard is transparent, which means all the users are going to be focused on what's important, managing their workflow, not wasting valuable time trying to track down a valuable email. And Ease of Approval offers real-time oversight. You can see all the outstanding work that's required in the dashboard, and it's flexible. It's great for single companies or multi-divisional organizations. And Ease of Approval goes with you into those production meetings with real-time performance analytics, meaning you can show everybody who's delivering their goods and services on time and who is falling behind. Oh, and your finance and compliance people are going to love this too, because Ease of Approval provides a transparent audit trail and also simple invoice reconciliation into Excel. Accountability has never been more affordable and simpler. Go to easeofapproval.com and find out what they can do to help you stay on top of your organization. Ease of Approval. Accountability made simple.